This is a must-listen episode. And you have to listen to, to the entire episode from beginning to the end. It's broken up in several segments. And, um, and further in the middle, you'll, list, you'll hear my twin brother speaking passionately about this student loan debt relief. And at the end, I give you a bonus, a treat. My twin brother and I um, sings. And so you will hear that, a beautiful rendition. So listen to the entire episode. It's full, it's, it's full of facts, full of um, uh, um, commentary that you may want to consider as you explore this student loan debt relief and what's going on in our country to make the lives of middle-class middle citizens better. Does the student loan forgiveness debt relief go far enough to provide relief to a crippling middle class? And is it hypocritical for the GOP to be against the student loan debt relief, yet receiving millions of dollars in PPP loans that were forgiven? Ricardo McKenzie, my twin brother, joins me today on the Neoliberal Round podcast. Afternoon. It's Friday, August. What day is today? August 26th? It's a weekend. My name is Ronaldo McKenzie and this is the Neoliberal Round Podcast. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 6. President Joe Biden announced Wednesday he will provide $20,000 in debt relief to Pell Grant recipients and $10,000 for many other borrowers. According to USA Today, an article written by Medora Lee, published at 2.43 p.m. August 25th, and it was updated actually on the 26th. She said that roughly 43 million Americans hold federal student loan debt to the tune of $1.6 trillion, according to, trillion dollars, according to recent federal data. Biden's move has an individual income cap of $125,000. The president also announced an extension of the pandemic pause on student loan payments through the end of this year. Payments will resume in January of 2023. Now, so today the question is, does this student loan forgiveness plan, does it go far enough? Does it go far enough? Now, I actually, and this episode, I was able to interview my twin brother, Ricardo McKenzie. But just before I get into that, I've... Well, do, far enough, nothing can ever go far enough. Nothing, not, I, but I mean, I understand that. But $10,000 and 20000 
what 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 difference does that make when if the student defaults on his on on his um on his loan probably he has to come back he has to pay another ten, he has to pay pay another ten thousand dollars so, so you go back to the to square one you know it, and the fact of the matter is student people are people people who are black and brown people or a vulnerable population or poor people need needs need to be able to get out of poverty and one of the ways they get out of poverty is through education and they have to get student loans but that but before you cut before you before we get to that many republicans many republicans today are attacking this 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 student loan forgiveness relief by biden they're attacking it saying that especially fiscal conservatives and so on saying that it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna run up the the the, the deficit and we're giving money to, to Harvard graduates and scientists and doctors and so on and so forth. And just so you know, just so you know, Biden's response was quite interesting and quite powerful. He responded on Twitter and online showing rep- a slew of Republicans who got PPP loans. For, okay, forgive, many of their loans were forgiven up millions of dollars. So it's, so he, it's quite hypo- hypocritical that they are against the student loan relief but many of them got and weren't opposed to the fact that they uh, weren't opposed to it weren't opposed to getting all this millions of of student of, of forgiveness loan, of business loan forgiveness so it, it's quite laughable but I say to you and when, later on in the show you'll hear when I am interviewing my twin brother Ricardo my twin brother who is actually a consultant a senior consultant and an executive with, with an international logistics firm in New York and uh, moving logistics and transportation. He has, uh, he is a a, a CERM professional, a human resources professional, and an executive, and also a financial advisor, an executive member of the Neoliberal Corporation. And he is at a very interesting position to be able to comment on this. So we will have him, we will both both talk about the student loan, forgive student loan relief, and we'll also talk about issues in the news, in terms of political news and what this means, because there's a midterm election, midterm election that are coming up. We will have the, we will talk about these and more right after these messages. This is the, the Neoliberal Round podcast. Visit us at https colon forward slash forward slash anchor.fm slash the neoliberal and subscribe for free or donate, donate to us by adding donate uh, by adding support at the end of the neoliberal https colon forward slash forward slash anchor.fm slash the neoliberal slash support now earlier the white house had a press conference with uh with Bharat Ramamurthy, who is the National Economic Nas- National Economic Council director, um, he was recently the deputy director. But um, he spoke with us, or he spoke with the press today concerning the um, the student loan debt relief and other issues. But this particular take is on the student loan debt relief. Here is Bharat earlier today. Uh, of the administration's student loan plan. 
This plan will lift a large weight off of tens of millions of middle-class Americans, people who, people who came by and large from working families and who are working class now, teachers, nurses, firefighters, police, members of the military, and more. By lifting this weight, we are not only benefiting them and their families, we are benefiting the communities that they live in uh, and the economy as a whole. So for example, there's good evidence that student loan debt makes it harder for people to start new small businesses. These relief actions mean that more middle-class Americans can open more businesses in their communities. That means more job, job opportunities in the years to come. Mm. Student loan debt also makes it harder for people to buy a home. These actions will mean that more middle-class Americans may be able to finally afford a down payment, buy a home in the years to come, and start building wealth that they can pass along to their kids. As the president has said, his core economic plan is to strengthen the middle class because that helps everyone. And these actions are targeted right at America's middle class. Nearly 90% of people uh, receiving the relief are making under $75,000 a year. The extra money for Pell recipients helps provide additional relief to people uh, who are more likely to have less family wealth to rely upon. And when the president says that he's committed to growing the economy from the bottom up and the middle out, he's serious. That's why over the course of the last year and a half, we've been able to provide support to small businesses, support to people facing the risk of eviction or foreclosure, to people at risk of going hungry, and more. It's why the president's infrastructure bill is focused on creating hundreds of thousands of good paying jobs, nearly 90% of which won't require a college degree. And it's the reason why our economy has roared back and the unemployment rate now stands at a historic low, even as the economies of other leading countries are faltering. So this plan is working and the student loan relief is the next part in it. Uh, with that, I also want to address an issue that I know has been coming up recently, which is the cost uh, of this proposal. Our estimate is that the debt relief proposal will reduce average annual receipts in the student loan program by about $24 billion a year over the next 10 years. So the way to think about this is that because we are providing debt relief, reducing the, the outstanding balance for some people, eliminating it for other people, that means we are not going to be collecting certain amount of payments that we otherwise would have been collecting, and that totals about $24 billion a year on average over the next 10 years. So let's put that $24 billion in context. That represents 1.5% of the deficit reduction that we are projecting for this fiscal year before the announcement. And it is far less than the $350 billion plus that we've already done in PPP loan forgiveness since last July. Now, consistent with long-standing budget practices uh, and consistent with the comments that I made on Wednesday here, the official budgetary score will be produced by the Education Department uh, and the Office of Management and Budget in the coming weeks. And actually, the Office of Management and Budget is going to be putting out more detail on this process uh, and how it's slightly different than the preliminary estimate that I provided uh, later today. So with that, happy to take questions. All right, um, my first question is, thanks for the number. Uh, why was this number that we didn't have the past couple days? This is quite interesting. That they're moving, the White House is moving ahead. President Biden's administration is moving ahead, irrespective of what others are, others, uh, irrespective of con some conservatives and some fiscal conservatives, some Republicans, and some people who are against it. I believe this is a very good move. And I, you know, if you have, if you listen to the podcast, I, I interviewed several people, several people. I interviewed uh, John Anthony Castro, who is a multimillionaire, who said he 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 comes from humble beginnings and he's a millionaire. And the fact of the matter is, John Castro 
was able to realize his dreams or reach where he's in life because you know because of student loan because of student loan now there are those like um another gentleman who i spoke with well um who, who from from pennsylvania who said he does not he did not complete his education because he did not want to take a loan because he didn't want to have student loan debt dangling over him because there are a lot of people who for years live their lives with student loan debt and they're trying to climb out of poverty. When I speak to um, people like Dr. Dr. Andre Isaacs, Dr. Andre Isaacs says that he's a, he's, a, he's a college professor, but he's from jungle. He's from a very poor place in Jamaica, okay? But here is it, he's a college professor and a chemist helping to develop structures, rinse, ring cycles to make drugs better. And, 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 and he said, and I said, he said that his ticket out of poverty was education, yet education is not cheap. And I say to people, and look at myself, yours truly, I, I'm doing my doctorate. I'm, I have to, I don't come for money. I have to get money through financial aid in order to complete my, my education. But it's costly. It's costly. It affects, and not only that, I'm in a business. I can't get loans to take my business to the next level because of the fact that I had, I have student loan debt over my head. You know, it is, and then you're, you're trying to make something of your life, turn your degree into something profitable. And you, it's, 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 it's very difficult. And the Republicans are saying, oh, we can't pay back doctors. And a lot of people who are doc- doctors, they come from poverty. Okay. They come from poverty and they struggle to get to where they are. So I believe that um, this is a good thing because education is definitely not cheap. And education is the way, is one of the ways that people can climb out of poverty. Yet there is a price to get a loan from the government in order to get an education so that you can make an impact in your own community and your society. So that you can invest in others what has been invested. You are paying to do that. Paying back, you know, and I believe that I believe that this is something that um, this is a great move by the by the Biden administration. To uh, no, I believe I believe according to the report, it's um, I think it's um, I, I, well they're going to talk some more about the plan to cancel billions in student loan debt. But this is good. This is good. It will help millions of Americans who are seeking to to um, to realize improvements in their lives because the people who depend heavily on financial aid are poor people okay they are the ones the 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 99 percent okay <laughs> or even less than that the 50 percent so this is this is quite interesting we'll be right back after this Now, uh, my twin brother earlier joined me on the, uh, had a discussion with me on the student debt, the student loan debt relief. And, um, and he is, he joins, he joins the show next on this episode of the Neoliberal Round podcast. Now he was driving, so he may sound, uh, it would sound as, it would sound like a recording, but, um, 
here is the discussion that I had with Ricardo McKenzie as we looked at the student loan debt, the student loan debt relief, and explore whether or not it goes far, and also the issue of the the GOP Phariseeism as um, Joe Biden um, lashes back against the GOP, many who received PPP loans. Here is the discussion with Ricardo McKenzie. Oh, it is something you do, and your people are talking like it is like. A ton load you're giving back. All right. By the way, they've always been giving back something under the table. Just so you know, they've always given back something. I re, I did an income-based payment, okay, uh, on my student loan. And when you do an income-based payment, they look at what you make, and you only could. So what I qualified for, instead of paying off the student loan, they drop mine down from a hundred thousand to seventy thousand. But I have to pay it every month. $500 a month every month for the next um, 20 years. So by the time I'm 63 is when I'm going to finish paying my student loan. If I decide that I'm going to take a lump sum of money and pay off the $70,000, it will not work. What would happen now is that the, the agreement I entered is null and void and I'm going to have to pay off 100000 not seventy. There you go. So they always have something, some incentive there. Okay, however, based on the 10,000 and 20,000, it's another form of incentive. It might be a little bit better, but they always have an incentive. So when people are talking about there was nothing out there that benefited us who went to college, but it was just not enough. It's just not enough. And paying 8%, 8% interest on a standard loan or 7% interest rate on a student loan if you accept 50 when you borrow fifty thousand dollars, all of a sudden you're it's at seventy or eighty or a hundred thousand dollars. You will never, ever, ever catch up for those people who have more than two hundred thousand. Never. You have to literally not buy anything, not have a life. Okay? Live under your car if you really want to pay it off. So they, what they're saying is ridiculous. And we're both Republicans, Democrats, Independents, every person in this country that has student loan has benefited from Biden's and benefited from whatever other stuff that they have implemented. No, I, I had said that, um, I had said earlier to you that um, part of the, when you, uh, I know part of the conservatives and or fiscal conservatives and, and Republicans are pushing back on Biden's um, plan to forgive billions in student loan debt. Of course, saying that it's gonna, it's gonna bust the budget, continue to raise the, the, burgeoning, the burgeoning deficit, while at the same time, they're saying that um, they're giving money back to um, doctors and, and scientists and so on and so forth. But um, and I, I had said to you, that is an unfair point to make because a lot of the scientists, a lot of the doctors, a lot of the people, uh, they, a lot of these people are not, they, they, uh, who, many of them come from poverty, many of them come from humble beginnings and they, and they have chosen to become medical doctors. I spoke with, uh, with one particular young man in Philadelphia who said that he was in college, he was he was supposed to getting set to go to college, but when he thought about the interest that he had to pay back and the, the debt, he decided to, to not to no longer go to college. Okay, and then I speak spoke with another gentleman that says that um, his way out of out of poverty, out of humble, Doctor Doctor Andre Isaac, who is a college professor at College of the Holy Cross, his his ticket out of poverty was education. Yet education is not cheap. But he comes from humble jungle. He comes from poverty, and now he's making ring cycles. Okay, but of course he carries that debt over him. So he wants to start a business, but of course it's going to be difficult for now for him because he has that 
following him, the funding. But and then you know I talk about me, talk about the fact that I have a huge student loan debt, and I can okay, and I am trying to start a business at the same time, and that is following you. So I mean, you have to think about that. Um, and it's the people who are poor who, who, who usually um, at, uh, uh, seek out student loan debt. So this is a very important issue, and this is a very important um, uh, proposal by Biden, I believe, because it will help to fix some of the deal with the issue of education yet that ten thousand dollars he's only forgiving but the people are still going to be looking for ways to finance their education as a way to climb out of poverty and so on and so forth and but um but you had said something about it it's that's just a tip of tip of the iceberg you yeah, should ten thousand dollars is nothing that is true that doesn't do enough that is not because people are ten thousand may cover something but guess what your, you, you have interest rate, it's going to keep growing. So let's say, I give you that $10,000 this month. If you don't put enough money to catch up with the interest that is growing, that $10,000 is going to be, it's not like it's been like this. It's going to turn into another 20 and a 30 and a 40. And, a, and so you, the option you have now is um, use half of your paycheck to pay and don't have kids, don't start a family, okay, and suffer, all right? And, and which is what some people do. First of all, if you're a lawyer and you're a doctor, you are contributing to society. So I am not a lawyer or a doctor. I believe that they should have some force, something to be out there for people who are lawyers, doctors, engineers, scientists who are trying to make society better. They should have more than 10,000. It should be 50. It should be 60. And then, Their education is so vital to but, our society. But what of this 8% that you said and, and the fact that you said you borrowed forty thousand and now you owe a hundred thousand and you're paying a three hundred a month, but you don't see. You said and talk about the issue of greasing investors' pockets. Comment on that a little bit. First of all, I have a standard loan. Um, I think people understand that. Yes, and that loan, I took it out. I borrowed fifty thousand dollars for my for my master's degree. Okay, and then by the time I even finished, by the time I graduated, before I even graduated, they said by July I was I had to start paying it. I'm like, wait, I didn't have even started working yet. Uh, and then it starts growing. It doesn't sit there. Everyone has to pay interest rates on their loan. It's not like it's, it's stagnant. I don't, first of all, why are people paying interest on education? It's an education. You should never have to pay interest. So the main issue in our society is not that people take out loan have to pay them back. It's the sheer amount of loan, the interest rate that they have to pay back, which is... Astronomical, astronomical the amount of interest rate, and then the government come up with this um, payment scheme where if you want you could um, come up with income-driven payment where you could recalculate it and then pay it off in 20 years, and then when you recalculate it because it's income-driven, they say okay, fine, we're gonna drop the amount you owe to seventy thousand dollars because it's income-driven, but you based on how much you earn, you have to pay five hundred dollars a month. So and, and I'm at Georgetown, that's, and I'm at Georgetown trying to get a teach grant, but it, for some reason, my school does not offer teach grant. <laughs> so, and I teach, currently teach, I teach some, I teach a college for free overseas. And uh, uh, people at, 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 at the school, at the school because that, you know, but yet still that. it's money making, that's what you want, it's money making. Yes. The, the thing about student loan, it's all about money making. The people, how do you think they get this money? It's not just from the government. They get it from wealthy investors. And these investors want their money back. So that 
8% interest. Somebody had to get that money. They packed all the all the package your your loan and sell it. Somebody has to pay for it. And then, and then of course, it's done by the government. But you're but you're paying an 8% 9% interest rate. And this, this is why you pay. Some people are paying $100, $200 a month because it's income driven. You have a master's or a degree. And I don't know why you went to school to get a degree because you get a degree to make $20 an hour or $15 an hour, and then you have to pay a student loan. It's never enough to catch up your student loan. So now you're paying 8% interest, and what you're paying a student loan is only $100, but it will cover what you borrowed. It will, it will cover the interest rate. So you pay, by the time you look at it, in five years, and you're paying $150 a week, you, you're still, your interest rate's gonna go up at least by 8% of whatever you owe. Yeah. Which is ridiculous, and it's gonna continue growing. So it doesn't, the thing is, I don't think interest rates should even have, um, should, should even have interest rates. The government should have some type of a fund sit down somewhere for people who are going to college. And if it's engineering or, or things that where people, where people don't gravitate towards, make it free and then if they have to pay back. 8% sounds greedy to me for education. It's, it's much higher than that, but that is true. This is, this that is important. That's your society. You are benefiting it, it, it makes no sense to me. And the problem I have is the, the, the people are coming out, the Fox News and whoever else is coming out, Republicans and Democrats, and I'm not going to say Republicans and Democrats, Republicans came out today and I listened to what somebody said, and their talking point is they're giving back Harvard lawyers and doctors. I'm like, really? I really don't care. I really don't care who's getting what, where, what, where, when. Okay, because $10,000 is not even enough. It doesn't have to what that covers. It's the rate at which the interest rate is going up and the rate, rate at which my high-paying interest. Second, the most important thing is... And the value is, that these people add to society. Many of these people are listen, president. Many of these people are... And some of these very same people went to Harvard. Yes, you know, Biden law, and by this point that they're getting back, it's not only... Democrats are the only people who are benefiting. Okay? Everyone here in the, under the umbrella who said that they're American, American, you're residents of this country who's paid um, something... Okay, will be entitled, and who doesn't need a little bit something or the other? If you say you don't, and you're a Republican, you don't care, you don't want any that type of you're a hypocrite, and I can't stand hypocrites. Yeah, but you know, with a lot of these things tonight. speaks. But you know, this is Biden. He's giving talking about bread and butter issues, closing the loophole, strengthening the middle class. These are some positive stuff, and I think this is this oh, this, yes, this bodes well for the midterm election. I'm telling you, it yes, bodes the, well for the next election because um, here we have. Uh, I don't even bring up. To be honest with you, I don't even care about the election. Yeah. I'm gonna vote because I have to vote because it's my right. Okay, and I can literally walk in some countries that can't. I can't vote. This country, I'm going to exercise that. But I don't even care about the political talking point. Yes. What I care about is the middle class in this country. And this country is only today because of a strong middle class. And we get nothing back. I work and work and I work a lot of money. And actually, I have a ton of money in taxes. Okay? And I don't like it, but I pay it. But if I literally lose my job tomorrow, if I lose my job tomorrow, I can't. And I get sick. I lose my health insurance because I can't get it through my job and I can't afford it. The government doesn't provide health insurance for people because it's all against Obamacare. So no, I can't afford to pay my health insurance. If I get sick while I lose my job and can't afford to pay it, what do I do after I've been working in this country for 25 years and I've contributed taxes and paid towards my health insurance? All of a sudden, I've lost my health insurance. I have to go through Cobra Pro and pay a thousand dollars a month. There's wow. so many issues that affect yes, yes. in this country. Indeed. Although I've been working, sweating, 
But no, what if I'm a good, yo, we, no, I guess what, the company just wants benefiting. I'm working for this company for, company for so many years, for 20, 30 years, and then all of a sudden I lose it or I left or I get fired or something happens, and then all of a sudden it's over after giving my best years to this company? Okay, you're gonna call that social, uh, social structure or social construct? Well, yes, coffee social construct, because you have, I have worked so hard. And all of a sudden, I'm losing my job, and so now I have to I mean, it's so much more to make any sense, and so many things that people argue for in our society that makes no sense. They argue over the, the even stuff that they benefit from they're arguing for. You know, they, I mean, I was so upset when people were coming out talking about it. I'm like, listen, what Biden did was good, but what they put enough, it doesn't go far. Because it doesn't really help a lot of people. What it does is it, that people who can't afford to pay their student loan, it's still going to affect them. Their interest is going to grow. And that $10,000 is going to drop. Okay? It's going to drop. That $10,000 may drop them from maybe, let's say, you owe $60,000. And you pay and you get that $10,000 discount. No, you're at fifty. Okay, fine. If you don't pay that student loan, or if you only could afford to pay $100, it goes right back on there. Yes. It's going right back to yes, that yes, yes. money. <laughs> so give me a break. All right. Give me a break. But that is what we need to look about. Look into. Indeed. It makes no sense. Interest rates are too high for student loans in this country because we are paying investors, millionaires. What does millionaire do? We, Wall did stay rich. How, are we, how am I going to maintain my wealth in this country? On the back of the masses. And the masses allow these people. Yes, the masses allow, the masses allow Fox News and Republicans, I'm saying it, to make them think stupidly to realize that all that, that, that they, they act like the Republicans are rich. There's so many wealthy Republicans as well as wealthy Democrats. Okay, and they are just out for themselves, and they know, and they want them to look like they are a part of them. Well, it's about time that people, ordinary citizens, ordinary people of our society in this country, recognize that the rich Republicans and the rich Democrats aren't out for them. You need to look at policies that that really benefit you as a middle class and as a mass, and stop looking at it. Stupid ass people who try to make it look like they're for you when they're not. It keeps happening. Thank God Biden passed this ridiculousness. <laughs> it's not enough. It doesn't go far enough, but he did it. And people are upset over it. What you should be upset about, Ronaldo, and what they should be upset about is that it doesn't go far enough to address the issues. The issues in this country. Ricardo McKenzie. Ricardo McKenzie right here on the Neoliberal Rome podcast. We haven't had him in a while. We will have him in live. We will talk with him. This is a, a we. This is a, an audio take, a recording take, and but uh, we will have him. Hopefully, we are able to uh, get it up and running. Ricardo McKenzie. We'll be right back after these messages. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Neoliberal Round podcast. We have a uh, we have a treat for you. Um, coming up next, we end the episode with Ricardo and I, my twin brother and I, singing. Um, we were traveling on a road trip somewhere in Jersey, in Mammoth County, somewhere in Jersey. We were traveling, we were driving, and um, and we sang um, a cappella while driving. Um, I think it was a gospel or an inspirational song about love. And of course, um, the student loan debt relief must be seen as an act of love, an act of compassion. 
um, and so and but we're gonna have that for you right after this. It's three minutes of my brother and I singing, and um, and uh, and I hope you and and um, we we usually we when we were younger we were always singing together, and then we entered singing competitions and won gold medals and so on and so forth. But here we are singing um, as a way to wrap up the episode. Um, this weekend, I will be actually joining with with Ricardo, and we will have some live um, episodes where we discuss several important issues in the news. So join us for that. Um, this is the Nilibur Round podcast, and I actually, just so you know, I am back. I've resumed my classes at Georgetown doctoral program, and we are looking at critical theory, an interesting theory that looks at um, um, critical theory. It looks at um, structuralism, looks at um, humanism, and looking at the positive positivist theory looks looks at um the um postmodern theory you know so I'm, I'm looking forward to that and we will have some opportunity i'll have some opportunity to share some of my papers and some of my discussions and with you guys and um and um i think recently um we also did a very interesting um meeting and orientation at the jamaica theological seminary the department of bible and theology and um, and um, we had a presenter, a, a, a presenter, who and I'm going to share that with you at probably on another episode. I won't tell you who this presenter is, but we looked at Basar, Basar from a perspective of theology, looking at the Basar, the flesh, and um, and so. But it's quite interesting. But I'll have that for you. Um, but this is the Nilabar round. Coming up next, we wrap up with my twin brother and I singing some time ago. I think this was in 2015. But um, but here he is. Here we are. Continue to subscribe subscribe to this show, share it with your friends, donate to us, and um and continue to send us your feedback. What good. Whenever there is someone singing, someone smiling, someone dreaming, there we will live together there. Love will be our home Wherever there is left to really Someone smiling, someone dreaming We will live together there Love will be our home Love will, love will be Someone smiling, someone dreaming, we will live together there. Love will be our home. Whenever there is laughter sounding, people dancing and there's dreaming, we will live together there. Love will be Whenever 
singing someone smiling someone dreaming we will meet together there love will be our home love will love will be our home Smiling.